Todd. Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Man Up Already podcast. And as always, super excited to have you on here. And uh, man, I am pumped for the guests that we keep getting on here. You know, we, we are always looking for um, people who have just great stories to tell, great life experiences. You know, as I explain the Man Up Already podcast out there to other people, I think the one thing I want to convey is you know what, we can just continue to get better. We can just keep growing and getting better. And we just want to keep bringing you great people that help that happen through their experience, their stories. You never know what somebody could say or might say that could change your circumstance, that could change the way you think, which changes your reality. So just some housekeeping things as always. You can... Um, Go out there, get the book that started it all, the Man Up Already book out there on Amazon. You can follow um, me personally out there on LinkedIn, John C. Puritz on Instagram, where it's J. Puritz under Puritz and Associates. You know, my, my name is J. Puritz, but it's really uh, Puritz and Associates. Um, also, you can uh, find me on Clubhouse. I'm on there. Don't use it that much, but still learning that platform. Um, so there's just multiple ways. And now, uh, Puritz and Associates has a TikTok, which is coming soon um, <laughs> under the guidance of our daughter. So um, that's going to be a lot of fun to share some things on there as well. And before I introduce our guest, just a financial tip of the episode. And that is, man, go out there. Here's a, here's a, a, a financial tip, but it's really a personal development tip. Go out and get the book. The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. That book was written in 1910. Um, I've read that book. Uh, I read it pretty much every year. And this year, it's just, I'm going to read it every day. I'm going to finish it. I just finished it. going to read it again every day. I'm going to read a chapter. You could do that. Each chapter is like three pages. Unbelievable book about mindset. And the best financial tip I can give you is get your mind right, especially your money mind, and everything changes financially. So that's the tip of the episode. Go get the book, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. All right, so let's introduce our guest today. He comes from across the pond. <laughs> um, our guest today is Lee Broders. And Lee and I connected on LinkedIn, which is where I'm connecting to a lot of people these days. And uh, Lee was brought up on an estate in Birmingham in the UK, had a great loving family, but he, you know, he wasn't an academic. He did not do well at school. And listen to this, joined at the age of 16, the British Army. Lee served for 10 years, a little over 10 years. And after uh, leaving the military, he started his first business at the age of 26. Over the last two decades, Lee has been an entrepreneurial business owner working in both private and public sectors. And he's, uh, uh, he, was, he considers himself a late starter to learning um, during, due to a belief that he was not an academic. Learn, he, uh, Lee learned to fly at age 41. Listen to this guy, started a law degree at 42 and attained a master of law at 47. Understanding that we are never too old to learn or to change the path of our destiny. That's a big, big message for Lee. Although his career, uh, all through his career, he's been mentoring and helping people improve themselves. But in 2018, Lee became a life coach, helping his clients gain clarity and confidence and realized that 
It's in his depth of knowledge of business was a great way to help people change their lives for the better, help them overcome their limiting beliefs. We talk a lot about that on the show and how to live a limitless life. How often have we heard that? Um, Lee's mission is to help people have more time, more money, and more freedom in their life. And Lee also, being a veteran, has, has focused his time and energy to helping more and more veteran clients. Lee is a quality guy. I'm super pumped to have him on the Man Up Already uh, podcast. Everybody give a warm, warm welcome to the great Lee Broders. Lee, welcome to the show. Super pumped to have you. Thank you so much for the invite, John. Really appreciate our talk, appreciate our talk the other day. And really honored to be actually asked back, especially after what this is called. <laughs> nice. So for our listeners, they don't know that you're you're like a little out of breath because you've been traveling all day. You, you're actually in Spain right now. So just yeah. kind of talk about, you know, like, like just, you know, I, I just always I love. You know, I'm sitting here in Florida. I haven't, I, I've been out of the country one time, right? Like I'm, so I'm always intrigued by, yeah, you know, you know, we're leaving, we're going to Spain. So, you know, what, what, what's in Spain and why you guys, you know, are there right now? So um, I've got a property over here uh, and I use it to get some sun. Um, you don't have that problem in, uh, in Florida. In fact, no. Florida's about 30 times the size of UK anyway. So, you, you get into the end of the state, it's like traveling through three of UKs. Um, but the weather over in UK is uh, not great. It's been quite blustery and I've been up since four o'clock this morning traveling. Um, got delayed, had a bit of a panic. And then it was like, oh, but so we come over here. I've always said that I, I wanted freedom in my life. Um, mm. And that freedom is to do what I want, where I want and when I want. And this is one of the things that allows me with what I do to be anywhere in the world. At the moment, it's Spain because it's with things opening up from COVID, it's relatively easy to get here. Um, but it's whether it's I've got play, I'm planning later in the year to go to Canada, not Canada, I am planning on going to Canada, hopefully, all that, um, but also going across to Malta. Um, I'm going across to Portugal, working all the time. And, and still see my clients, but it gives them a perspective as well that actually you don't have to be stuck in an office to enjoy your life and you don't have to be stuck in an office to work. You know, okay, there's the podcast, you know, like, thanks for being a guest, you know, that like, <laughs> that was the nugget right there. That was so good, you know, because I think that's the greatest thing about our time you know, this time right now is people woke up to that fact. It was kind of forced on everyone. Right. But then all of a sudden it's, I don't want to go back. I don't want to, I, you know, look at, I think, and I was just taught speaking with someone earlier, when you see the, res, the, the opportunity in the, um, what the adversity, right? Like the adversity yeah. of COVID brought the opportunity of, Hey, I can work differently and spend more time with my family or invest in myself, et cetera. Right. Like, that was a big thing. I think, so So I've worked remotely since about 2000, on and off. Um, and and it was always the managers wanted you there because they wanted to see you there working, thinking that if you're at home, you weren't working. However, I always used to put in probably twice as much work there. I wouldn't get sidetracked by people coming up and saying, hello, how are you? 
And you are right. It's the fact that COVID's highlighted that people can work remotely um, and it allows people to realise the, 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 the famous words, the work-life balance, where you can get up, you can start working early, you can have a couple of hours off in the afternoon, and then you can continue on and finish whatever time you want. I think for me, you're right, it, it is the fact that it's COVID has highlighted that we can do it, but we've always been able to do it since right. the internet started. In fact, before, I remember working on dial-ups where you'd put, plug your modem in and it'd go, and then connect to 9,600 boards. So you'd type, type a sentence or something and wait for it to appear. Whereas now we've got super fast highway that allows us to have video calls, well, across the world, whether we, wherever we are. And, and that's the great thing is that as long as you've got internet, actually not even internet, as long as you've got a phone, you can work anywhere in the world with the technology we've got now. And I think this is one of the things we've been, we went through the agricultural revolution. We went through the industrial revolution and we spoke briefly about schools and how the industrial revolution created that. We're now in, I think, I think we've been through the digital revolution as well. I think what we're coming to now is the revolution where people are able to understand that they don't have to work a nine to five. They don't have to go into the office. They don't have to go into the factory. They can do whatever they want. And there's nothing out there that you can't do or you can't learn because you can go and do courses online. You can go on YouTube and you can learn how to fix a car, which is quite useful for me because I'm not really good with mechanics. <laughs> but yeah, and so, so I agree. It, it, in adversity has opened up the opportunity, which in a way is how it always happens in history. So for me, it's, it, it's yeah, you're, you're right. It's great that we can work anywhere in the world. So I want to <clears throat> I want to touch on um, first. You joined the military at 16 years old, which um, I, I found absolutely incredible, and then spent 10 years. So you know, kind of talk about maybe the Lee before the military versus the Lee after. So I was brought up in Birmingham, UK, not Alabama. Um, a lot of the people in the US always go, "Oh, Alabama!" No, no, the accent gives it away a bit. Um, I was brought up, brought up on estates in Birmingham, um, but I was brought up with a loving family. My parents were together until they died. They were married for 63 years. Um, I was always given what I wanted to a degree, uh, as long as I towed the line and, 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 and did what I needed to do. Um, I loved school. I loved learning. However, at the age of eight, I was called stupid and an idiot in school um, because I couldn't do maths. So in the UK, the, the school system says you have to learn your times tables. So it goes one, two is two, two, two. I, I couldn't get it. I, I think I still, I still can't instantly get mathematics. Give me a pen and paper. I can work out quadratic equations, calculus. But in my mind, I always struggle. Because, I, because there were other children in this class that could actually do it, I was branded stupid. Oh, yeah, Lee can't do this. Look how easy it is. And this was something that stuck with me through till, well, my 40s. Um, 
but I, I did like school. Um, I I was supposed to do good. I'd, 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 I'd been destined to have do well. I was doing quite a few examinations. I was down to do. However, in the UK, at four, 13 and 14, you choose the subjects that you want to do to take exam within two years. And you have your exams when you're 16. Um, to decide so, what you're going to do for the rest of your life. At 13 and 14. This is absolutely mind-blowing to me. <laughs> so you get to choose. Um, you get maths and science, but which science? So you, you can either do physics or you can do biology or you can do chemistry. You can do a design technology. You can do history or geography. I was going to say, I didn't even know what I wanted for breakfast, let alone what I wanted to do as a job. Um, and the other thing is, we, we the exams that we take were at 16. Give or take a few months. Not being funny, at 16 the hormones that were running around my body, the last thing I wanted to do was go and learn. And I didn't. I, instead of revising, went out with my mates and had a good life. However, I ended up with only one, one qualification. I was lucky I'd already applied for the army um, and been, been accepted. So I was like, eh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, and, and that for me was a huge, huge safety net that a lot of people haven't had the opportunity to do so i had a great life before i joined the army and i had a great life i, I loved it that the structure um everything that goes into the camaraderie the friendships you make um the enemies you're making sometimes but for me the military was such a an enlightening time for me in my life it taught me to get stuff done it taught me to be be a leader and i see a lot of people in who have not served and a boss as being a boss, but a leader is someone who inspires someone. They're the person who lead, who, who goes from the front. So you, you don't ask someone to do something you're not willing to do yourself. You ask people to help you do something. You don't tell them to do something. And it's little nuances like that, that can make such a difference when you're working in a job. In fact, anything in life, even if it's asking someone to help you move a box of vegetables by asking them to help you you're empowering them to give to you and for me it's about giving in life the more you give the more you get so i, I joined the military i was uh i was 16 and we, we it's, it's quite funny because we could join at 16 you could even join at 15 um, back in 1986 which was great i i wasn't allowed to drink i couldn't vote but I could go and fight <laughs> for the country. So, um, so yeah, it, it was it was it was enlightening. It was it was great, and the things I went through and the people I served with, I'm, I'm not close friends with them apart from a few, but they they they're still there in my life on the, on the peripherals, um, and I, I still talk to quite a few of them. I think it's. Um... You just touched on a lot on what, um, you know, we talk a lot about and you're, and you're a life coach, you know, uh, as well. And, and, you know, any, anytime you're dealing with people, you really you start to really understand programming, right? Like, you, you know, we, as parents now, you know, who's going to program our children? Are we going to, or are we going to let the media or society, right? It, it's all, 
about that programming. And I just think it's incredible that what you got between those, that 10 years of 16 to 26 really poured into you that program that allowed you to come out of there and then, and then do some special things. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's interesting because um, I'm an NLP practitioner. I, I understand programming at a computer level. Um, one of my businesses was, uh, is, was IT. We're, de- we're, we're, we're programmed as children that don't run because you'll fall over. We're told don't don't run because you'll fall over. But being children, we're like, yeah, okay. Our legs go faster than our uh, than, than our body. We end up falling over, scuffing our knees, going, oh, that hurt. I think I'll slow down a bit. So you run, same thing happens. You learn by your experiences or the experiences of others. So as you said, the parent who says, don't run because you'll hurt yourself, is telling you that because they've done it. Most children don't actually listen to their parents at that sort of way. Well, I'm trying to think when I actually did listen to my parents. (laughs) Right, when do we actually listen? (laughs) But it was, it's it's the fact that the beliefs we have, and like I said, I was told I was stupid at seven or eight, the beliefs we have are beliefs that are taught to us by other people or they're from the experiences that we experience. So at 21, I was a young soldier. I, I'd, I'd been through my first conflict with the desert. In UK, it was uh, up Granby, which is the first Gulf War. In the, the US, it was Desert Storm. I came out of there. I, I, I was indestructible. Wow. Mm. yeah soon soon realize that indestructible is not quite a good human factor to have and you realize but it's it's what you learn it how you can then turn those lessons to, to to work for you the best they can yeah that's you know it's funny i was just um thinking you know we're you and i are are very close in age and i was thinking you know what major what major event was happening while you were in the military? And, and uh, you know, I think about the early 90s and the mid 90s, and you were there for really all of that. So, yeah, so I, 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 I served in two conflict. One was the first Gulf War, um, which didn't last very long. And, and interestingly enough, I was attached to um, 7 US called TAC HQ, which was a revelation in itself. I got to work with the Americans. I got to swap lots of my kit out because the American kit was seemingly a lot better. It was certainly much more Gucci and cooler looking than our stuff. Um, and then the second conflict was Bosnia, um, which was, I learned a lot from there for, for totally different reasons, totally different reasons. Um, and I, when I got out, a lot of my friends stayed in and then they went on to the, the second Gulf, um, the Iraq. And then I, I know a lot of people who've served in Afghanistan and other places around the world. Amazing. Um, amazing. So amazing. I, I'm, I was privileged to do what I had to do. Um, I'm privileged to know people that have done a lot more than me. You know, I, I want to, so you and I were having a conversation about the news before we you know, started you know, the podcast. Yeah. And, and it, you just reminded me, Lee, that, you know, you were in the military in the mid, in the, in the nineties, right. And you just mentioned Bosnia, right. And, these things that go on in the world 
go on in the world, right? Like they, there's no end to them. They just recycle, change, you know what I mean? Like I remember all of those things and we have things going on today and, and you've reminded me to turn it off. So talk about that a little bit because I think it is a good life tip. Yeah, so, um, and and this is going to sound really harsh, but uh, uh, in 2014, um, something on my news flashed up on my phone, and I was like, and the headline, and it's the headline was, 21-year-old mother-to-be stabbed in the stomach. And I was like, oh, my God, that's, that's terrible. And believe me, it is terrible. There's no getting away from it. And I clicked on it. Now, I was in the UK. And I clicked on it and it came up that it was a 21-year-old mother-to-be who was eight months pregnant had been stabbed in the stomach. But this happened in New York. Now, it's a terrible thing whether it happens in New York, whether it happens in South Africa, Australia, India, UK. However, how does that affect me personally in my day-to-day living? And I... I, I, I stopped because the question that you, you led with when we, when we started was, what are my thoughts on the Ukraine? And, and, and my thoughts, are, I, it, it, it's something that's out of my control. I've got no control of what happens in Ukraine. All I can do is react or respond to what's going to happen. Yeah. So, and and I the key is, I just want to add to that, and the key is for our listeners, is having the faith that you're going to be able to act when the event shows up. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And the media, they sell paper, papers, they sell magazines, they sell their news, not for the good stories. Their headlines, if you have a look, are never so-and-so has helped an old lady across the road. Right, right. <laughs> someone gave someone a lift to hospital. That the, the stories that they are is young boy mugs old granny as she crosses the road. Someone kidnapped and taken to hospital. Because it's a horrible thing, but good news does not sell. Bad news does. Sensational headlines that tell the worst of humanity. Well, people want to know about that, but they don't want to know about granny who's baking cakes. And something else that you actually said that resonated with you think about Bosnia, it, it's happened before. It happened in Rhodesia. It happened in, uh, well, what was the other one? In Africa. Um, it, it's happened many times in Africa. Yeah. Um, it, it, it happened in the First World War. It happened in the Second World War. It happened in the Roman times. Human nature is human nature. We we. We cannot change it. We can just strive to be better ourselves. Because no matter how good you are, there will be an opposite bad. Yeah, that's good. That, that's and that is the whole point. I mean, it's the whole point of this show is is you know getting better. And I think the one thing I want people to get as they listen to this, and and this is why I love right having you as a guest is you live in a completely different place than I live, right? Our circumstances are different. Our, our, our background is different. Our way of life can be different. 
And yet, as human beings, we all want the same things, right? The majority of us as human beings all desire pretty much the same things. And those are the things that kind of get lost in media sensationalization, if I even pronounce that right, right? But, yeah. but they get lost in the fact that, and that's why I think really, truly, we're in that revolution of communication and connectivity because we get to, like, your one LinkedIn conversation, one social media conversation, one conversation away from learning another experience that actually helps grow your own and brings us closer to people around us instead of separating. That is, yeah, that is so right. They always said there were seven degrees of separation in the world. And I still think there's seven degrees of separation. However, when, when I was young, you had a telephone. Yeah. That you only actually a landline that you had to dial and speak to someone. Before that was letters, telegrams, all, all the, the communications. Now, I worked in communications in the military, so I'm quite au fait with it. But even to see the difference, like I said, when I started doing dial up, it was nine boards, 9.6, 9,600 boards per second which is really slow. Now, now you've got gigabytes worth of data whizzing out of your, out of your house. You right. can have video calls. And it's, it's interesting because I always think that technology is driven by science fiction. And the two that stick in my mind is um, Motorola bought a flip phone. flip phone. It looked very much like the communicators in Star Trek. Right. Yep. I, I, I will admit that I, when I first got my first flip phone, flip phone, what do you think I did as a child who watched Star Trek? Scotty. We're just two old guys talking about <laughs> And then the other one was um, Blade Runner, the original Blade Runner. Mm. And you've got Harrison Ford speaking to someone on a video like we are now, and everyone's going, oh, that'll never happen. But they had to be at home. Now we're on our phones anywhere in the world. The fact you can even do it over satellite, which means you don't even need um, a mobile signal. It, it's, it's just, for me, it's phenomenal the, the way everything's evolving. The problem is the communications era now is so strong. People just want to sit and, well, I might be wrong, but they're happy to sit and converse here. Whereas like I said, I'm across in Spain now. I'm going across tomorrow. I want to get out. I still want to see the world whilst I can. Um, and I want to see the world that isn't changed too much. Yeah. And this is why I'm, 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 in, I'm in a good position, but it's taken me a long time to get here, to get to the point where I can actually say, well, actually, I'm going away for three weeks. People go, yeah, well, what about your work? Well, my work's coming with me. My schedule will change slightly. Right. Um, but especially, as I was saying, I've, I've had chats with people in, in the US at two o'clock in the morning, um, UK time because they were in Pacific time, which is eight hours behind us. But it doesn't matter. 
it doesn't matter where in the world you are. If you're willing to put yourself out and communicate with people, you will find that they communicate back and it opens up a network of people who are like-minded um, and certainly the people I work with and the people I'm connected with, like-minded, want to get things done and not happy just going, I'll tell you what, I'll just sit here and see what happens. You know, it, and this is really, um, I think, where the title of the podcast just just came in, in our time, right? Typically, the title of the podcast is created in the conversation. There are no excuses anymore. There, there are no excuses. You can be and do really what you want to be and do if you're willing to put yourself out there. And I love what you just said, right, is when you put yourself out there, what you'll find is people who want to communicate back. And through that conversation you build a network and connections and connecting with others and learning and growing there you're only limited by your own choices and what you believe to be true or not true i guess right that's exactly it so when we first spoke about and had a chat before before the podcast um i i i had a bit of a wobble in life didn't do just just a wobble wasn't wasn't too drastic um and i was speaking to someone um, and, and, and get some coaching myself. Um, and they turn around and says, Lee, you make a great life coach. And I was like, yeah, it's not a real thing. There's no, so why would people want to speak to other people to actually be able to do the things that they want to do? And then I spoke to some people who did. So I, I then went off and I, I, I did my, my life coaching, my NLP, my CBT, my hypnotherapy, but as tools to facilitate helping people. And part of that for me was going through my values and purpose. And then when you look back at where you've come from, you see that you've always been helping people. So at school, I was, I was a pro. Yeah, I made it to the, the dizzy ranks of a prefect, so I'd help people. But I used to help people with maths. I was, I was like I said, I, was, I could write maths down, I just couldn't do it mentally. Um, but you end up helping people with their, their their homework, which probably wasn't what's supposed to have happened, but it was. Um, and then through life, and then you join the military. And you realise that afterwards, when I'd left, that I was there to help other people, whether that was other soldiers um, who, were, who were more junior to me, other soldiers who were more senior to me, because sometimes they need to learn humility. Um, and that's the same with, with bosses and workers and employees. Um, and then also the fact that you go out and you're willing to put your life on the line for something that you probably know nothing about. Mm. But you're willing to do that to, to help other people. Um, when I, when I, I came out, I started my first business and that was about helping me. But then I found out it was actually helping other people because they had IT problems, they didn't have the knowledge. And, and then you see, so, so when it came to me becoming a life coach, I was like, so all this I've been doing from a young boy is guiding me to this point in time. How weird is that? Yeah, and no, I, I, I was just caught up in, in something that you just said that, you know, if, if, and again, you know, it, it's 
what is the purpose of this podcast? And it's to help people really realize that they can be more, that there is bigger out there, um, that we're, we're not created to play small. And, and it's just that concept of knowing that the more you put out there, the more you do, right? The energy that you put out is the energy that comes back, right? And it's and it just, I love what you, you, you know, one thing leads to another thing leads to another thing. And, and there's that constant expansion. But as you put yourself out there, things do come back to, and, and people, I truly, I heard this said a, a while back that God wires us in a way that we have an innate human desire, a divine desire to help each other, yeah. right? Somebody you like, trust and respect says to you, hey, I need your help. What's our first thought? What do you need, right? Like it's just instantaneous, right? And if we would just set aside, and this is my biggest pet peeve, and then I want to get into your life coaching a little bit, but my biggest pet peeve with social is the, the, you know, the people that are like, hey, this is what I need. Like they hit you up and it's like, I need this and I need this and I need this. Instead of flipping it and going, hey, I, I, you know, I want to connect. I, I see this about you. I'd love to learn this. You, you know what I mean? Like it, there's a big difference between, hey, give me what I need versus how could I be a value to you? And in that exchange, be a value to each other like this podcast right here. Right. And, and, and it's just having that mindset of, gosh, if you would put your and I talk about it in my book, if you would humility, meaning it's not about you, if you would just understand that it really is about others that energy does come back. I'm, you're I'm jumping a, out of your seat, so I, I want to oh, hear you. No, no, no. It's, everything you're saying resonates with me and, and how I am. Um, I, I believe the more you give, the more you get. I believe give us gain. Um, I, I believe that I, I pay forward. And people, what do you mean pay forward? I will help someone with no anticipation of being helped myself. So um, the story that I use is, my dad was a truck driver and uh, he, I was with him and he, he picked up a hitchhiker and this, it was raining and my dad gets me in the truck and we're talking and, and he was with us for about half an hour and then my dad's turning off and our path went and this bloke says, oh, well, can, can I pay you for the lift? He went, no, no, no. He says, I'll tell you what, pay it forward. And the, the lad was like, he's only, so I was probably about oh, 10 Mm. 11 this lad was probably in his mid-20s so to me he was ancient um and he went what do you mean pay forward so he said pass it on all, all you need to do is do do some do do someone else a favor that's not going to cost you and it's not going to cost them and I'll, I'll remember this years years back and it's, it's a small world, and I, I, I don't care how big people think it is, it, it really is small. When I was in the, mili- when I was in the army, I, I hitchhiked because it was cheaper than getting a train. Wasn't as quick, um, and actually I got picked up by someone, and uh, we're talking, and I said, thanks so much, can I pay you? He says, oh, no, no, he says, years ago, someone picked me up, mm. and he was... And I think it was like three people on or four people on. And it might not have been my dad, but it was they were told the same sort of thing. Just pass it on, pay it forward, and it will come back to you. It's an, it's an ever, never-ending circle. You help someone, they help someone else, 
And eventually it comes back to you. It might not be in the way you think it'll be. Right. or want it to be at the time when you help someone. But if you are open to give in to someone, what comes back? And I, I don't think it's even, the, you don't get the same quantity back. You get so much more back because for each person who helps us next, it multiplies and multiplies and multiplies. That, that's my thoughts. And that's why I'm, I'm happy to help people, happy to talk to people because the more people I can help, the more people they can help. And one of my coaches, he talks about if you teach, if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. If you teach that man to teach others to fish, mm. well, actually, there's no end. Right. And no one will ever starve again. Right. But, yeah, it's yeah. good. It's good. You know, and I, I just, because I think it's worth mentioning, you know, something that I talk about all the time, which is the law of the farm, right? The law of the farm being you reap what you sow. Yes, yes. Never reap in the same season in which you sow. Yeah. And when you do reap, you reap in multitudes of what you have sown, right? And we forget that in this instant gratification, right? What have you done for me lately? You know, mindset of realize that you what you put out there comes back, but it never comes back the same the same time that you do it or in the same amount. No, that's that's so true. And actually, there are, there are a couple of song titles, titles I heard you actually drop in there, and I was thinking, well, I said, oh no, I best not show my age more than more than I need to. Um, <laughs> no, and, and I think this is what's messy. You you mentioned something there about instantaneous gratification. One of the downsides that I've found to the communication revolution, whatever you want to call it, is people want instant replies. They want. I messaged you 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I was on the toilet. I don't take my phone to the toilet. Oh, um, well, can you tell me what it is? I'm not even ready yet. Think about the old days is you wrote a letter. It would take a couple of days to get there. You'd read it, you'd contemplate it, and then you'd write back. Unless you're a solicitor, and then their time was they wanted to get things done really quickly. Nowadays, you can actually have an instant message, and it is an instant message, with someone across the other side of the world. And the problem is, because there are so many people out there, and I think it's more of the younger people, who want instant replies, instant, instant gratification. Because of that, a bit like the media, we're now start, the older generation are starting to go, well, you haven't answered me. Well, why, why have you not answered me? Do you not like me? No, I've just not read the message. Right. Well, why haven't you read the message? It goes to your phone. And and I, I remember someone saying this, oh, many years ago. He said, and the story behind this was someone's phone was ringing. Now, at that time, I'd always answer my phone. And, and I said, are you not going to answer your phone? He went, no. I said, well, what if it's important? He says, they'll leave a voice message or they'll ring back. I went, okay. But, but what if it's really important? He says, Lee, my phone is for my convenience, not theirs. It's true. And that flicked a switch in my thing, thinking, okay, people can contact me, 
but it doesn't mean I have to reply instantly. And as I said, nowadays, people are expecting the fact you've got, in the old days, your phone was in the house or the office or at work. Now you can carry a phone at home. Now you can send pictures, you can have videos, all this with the technology that's great because it allows us to, to have a more fulfilled life because we can do things that we want to do as opposed to the things that we're told we have to do. However, we also have to be in control of that media, whether it's a computer, whether it's your phone, because if you're not, you become a slave to other people. Yeah. And, you know, it's a good opportunity to mention the book that um, I read it last year, right? So I read it at 51. And I remember reading this book going, my gosh, this is like, we're not taught this. And it's everything that you're talking about. The book is called Boundaries, right? And if we don't establish proper boundaries, somebody's going to establish them for us, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's, that same, it's that same concept. I remember, and now I don't even, my, my phone is on do not disturb almost all the time because I just, like, if it's important, they'll call back, right? Mm-hmm. If, if the most important people in my life, and I'm, I'm talking about this because I, I want to give some tips to people to actually create some healthy, learn how, you know, some ways to create some healthy boundaries with technology. Um, you have, like, I have a favorites category in my phone, right? So all those important people, family people or, you know, friends or whatever, that, that breaks through the do not disturb setting. Yeah. Everybody else can leave a message, right? And we'll get to it in our time. You, you know what I mean? And if it's really that important, you know, they're either going to keep ringing or they're going to ring somebody who's close to us. Somehow that message will, will get through. And I can't, it's like, it, I love not having my phone ring. Like, I don't want to hear it. I don't, when I'm off, I'm off. And now I've learned to keep it in the other room. And if it's yeah. an important message, it'll ring. And if not, it's silent. And that became a healthy boundary. I'm laughing because I'm very much the same. I've, I've had my phone on silent for, I hate to think how long. And, and the reason being is I'd, I'd, I'd be having a call with someone and then my phone would ring and I'd be on a, 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 a video call, my phone would ring and I'd like, really annoying, really annoying. So I started putting on silent and it avoid, but if it was in my pocket, if I had, if I was capable or wanting in the right mind and I wanted to answer, I could answer. I knew someone's ringing. Um, so yeah, however, the do not disturb. So the other thing to that is my, my wife would go, where's your phone? Oh, I don't know. Ring it, you'll hear it. Yeah, it's not, it's on silent. Definitely neither. <laughs> That's why I find my iPhone comes in handy. <laughs> you have times I've done it, I'll put it somewhere. But I, I, I used to live on my phone. I've now got on it. And you mentioned do not disturb. I didn't even know, know that until last year. And I was like, and my wife says, oh, because all of, through the night you get the things popping up. Because I work internationally, so you, you, I'll get someone in, in America as a, send, t- sending me a text. And I'm, I'm like, oh, huh. and she goes, put it on do not disturb. I was, exactly as you said. Friends and friends and family who you want to contact, you can. Otherwise, mine goes on at 9.30 at night and comes off at 7. 
which means I've had my two, because I get up at five and do two hours of stuff. Yeah. Um, so by then, I've, I've had a couple of coffees. I've had a couple of pints of water. I'm then ready to, to look at people and say, now let's let's see what's happening in the world. And you can go through the messages. But yeah, it was quite quite funny because you get you get messages all through the night and they'd pop up. Your phone would light up. You get blue light and you're like, ah. Well, and, and I, somehow we're on this topic, but I think it's all about, you know, living a better life and, and tech, you know, technology can, can, can rob some of those things. Some of the things that we've done, um, my wife and I, in creating those boundaries is, number one, um, there is no technology light, no electronic devices before bed, right? So yeah. at 10 o'clock at night, we're off. Yeah. And the other was there's no technology in the bedroom, meaning so we have a TV, but right, we don't go to sleep to the TV, like all technology is off at by 10pm. And, you know, we journal or we'll read, but the phone is in another room where if somebody was to break through because it's an emergency on that favorite list, you're going to hear it, but it's not sitting right by your bed. And I think creating those zones in your own home, especially now that we're all spending more time in the home. Um, also creates that that healthy boundary. How do I, I, you know, not become a slave to something that's just robbing my life? Yeah, that's really a really good one. I'm not sure I could get away with putting the phone in another room because the house is quite big, and I'm just trying to think where I could put it and then still be able to hear it because it's on silent. Bathroom. Uh, <laughs> however, <laughs> I, I do agree with you. So. Um, I, 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 I try and work with, so sleeping wise, I try and do, I work through with circadian cycles, mm. uh, 90 minutes per cycle. I try and get at least four cycles. So that's a minute, that's six hours. But again, blue light that we get off our phones, okay, you can turn it down, but you're right. It, blue light is what we, what keeps us awake. Yeah. It's the, so you, you stop telling, you stop watching telly, which is emitting loads of blue light, or off your off your iPad, or I know your iPad and your iPhone, you can turn the blue light down on it, but you're still coming off it. You're going, right? I need to sleep, mate. Why can't I sleep? Right. My mind's working. Huh. But it's not the fact that your mind's working with. Um, it might be the things you're thinking about, but it's the fact that our bodies are over millions of years have been designed that when we see blue light or daylight, we wake up. When daylight disappears, we become tired and fall asleep naturally. There's no, because people always say, oh, you need to have eight hours sleep. And my answer to that is maybe, but everyone's different. Right. There's no two people in this world that are the same. Apparently our DNA which can pinpoint us as an individual out of the 9 billion people that are alive is unique to us. And that is what we also need to learn. We are unique. We might be like somebody else, but we're not somebody else. And only, only us as a person can take control and do what we want when we want to do it. Right. Right. No, that's, I mean, these are topics that I think are so, 
you know, the information's out there, but, you know, you also learn it through experience. But I think the, the big thing that, that we've touched on today is, is having those healthy boundaries, right? Like, like setting those things up and, and there are no excuses in life. The information's out there. The people are out there. You, the technology's out there for gosh sakes, that it's just um, effort and time, right? It's those things that compound over time. Yeah. So I, I love compounding anyway. It's, it's the one thing. And when someone said to me about compounding, it was many years ago. And they said about, have you ever heard the chessboard and a grain of rice? No. no, 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 no. So and compounding or doubling. So what actually happens is this, and it's an old, I think it's an old Chinese proverb or something. So you've got this king of China and, and he's sitting there, he's got a chessboard in front of him and he goes through something. So, what I'm going to do is how, how, how much rice would you think would need to feed this land? And, he, and he's saying whatever it is. He goes, well, I'm going to put one grain of rice on this first thing. And I'm going to put two grains of rice on this second square. I'm going to put four. I'm going to double it each time. How do you think? He says, that, but that's not going to be a lot of rice because you're only doubling it. However, with the compound effect, which you mentioned, by the time it gets to... I think it's the 54th square or 52nd square. Shows my ignorance on chess, <laughs> though I love the game. Um, but by then, there's no more rice left in the world because it's all on this thing. The compact, I, I use it for, for when I'm, I talk about compounding, when I'm talking about working, when I talk about investing, when I talk about saving. Um, there's so many ways how, how, when you're getting rid of debt, compounding, all these little things of, 1% better per day means at the end of the year, you're 365 days better than you were at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I, that, that is such a huge concept. You know, we think we need to make these great leaps. No, no, no. Just get 1% better, right? Like do an extra rep, do, you know, read another page, you, you know, just, just do a little bit more every day. And the next thing you know, you're way farther down the road. So, yeah, and so one of the, I love stories. I think they're really good illustrators of how to do it. So people say to me, so I always use the thousand mile journey. And they'll go, oh, what do you mean? I said, well, you're going to go and do a thousand miles. How long is it going to take you? I could never do a thousand miles. Why not? Well, it's too far. Well, how about if you break it down into a mile a day? Can you do it? Can you walk a mile? Well, yeah, I could walk a mile. Well, if you were to walk a mile a day, how would you feel about that? It's, yeah, it's only a mile. I've got, I could do that. It's, it's 15, 20 minutes. Can you afford 15 and 20 minutes out of your day? Oh, yeah, yeah. So then go, okay, so if you do a 1,000 miles, how long is it going to take you? I mean, oh, don't be stupid, Lee. It's going to take me a 1,000 days. I went, okay. So what about the days you, you're feeling better and you're going to do, after you're feeling fitter because you've not been walking and you find that, Actually, you get to your mile and you can go a bit further. It might be two miles. And, you, you think, and then that keeps going. What happens to your, how many days are you going to take it? Well, if it was a thousand, it'd be half, isn't it? If, if I start off, so but gradually that thousand days and that thousand miles, because you're taking small steps and increasing it slowly, not going, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to lose 20 stone which I need to, I need to, yeah, but, uh, 
But you go to the gym and you go and then you go, ah, oh, you go three times and you go, oh, that's too much hard work. Whereas this person who's doing a mile a day and then two miles some days, then has a week a weekend off and does 10 miles. Well, if he was to do 10 miles every day, he's got 900 miles. That's, that's not a long, that's only 90, 90 days. Right. Because he's already built up and done 100 miles over the time. Then by the time he's doing the 10 miles a day, all of a sudden, that 1,000 days has, has shrunk and, and compounded in and imploded on itself. The person's getting fitter, they're getting healthier, they're getting a better mindset. And actually, they're, they're proving to themselves that they can do it, considering a lot of people, when you first say, would you walk a 1,000 miles? Oh, God, no, I could never do that. It's the same as any, for me, any dream. Dream as big as you can. Because the only person that's going to stop you doing it is you. Write it down. That, that, that dream then becomes a goal. When you've got a goal, you can break that goal down into multiple tasks. Nice, small, bite-sized chunks of work that you can do every day that are not going to take two hours a day, 10 minutes. As you, so you said, an extra rep. If you're doing press-ups, 10 press-ups a day. How much longer does it take to do 11 12, 13, the fitter you get, the easier it becomes. Yeah. And, and it's just that, it's the getting the momentum to do anything in life. Because we're told, yeah, you, you just go and do what you're doing, don't worry. Go And, and for me, it's about, about I, I, I could go on about um, employers and, and employment. We're conditioned through school to go and work for somebody else. Because that's what the education system was designed to do. Right. It was designed to create workers in the industrial revolution, as we touched on. But we don't need that now. What we need is people who, who can think for themselves and are willing to go and put themselves out. Yeah. But you're not... Yeah, that, go on. No, I was just... That's such a big, big thing that you said that I don't think... Obviously, we don't think this way and don't talk about it, but it's going to happen that our education system is built or still still today based on a system that, I mean, how old is the Industrial Revolution now? A hundred years, over a hundred years, right? And, and so we're talking mid 1800s, so right. maybe oh. 200 years old. Right, and now, certainly with COVID and technology and virtual, that system does not work for, it's just an interesting thing. Like these are really incredibly exciting times. I got very present and I want to just share with our listeners because we're going to wrap up. But what I got very present to was um, there is so much information out there and there's so many things. But as you were just talking about a little bit more, I got very present to why coaches today more than I think any other time are important. There is so much information out there and we can do it. But having someone to help us hone those ideas in to challenge us with do another rep do like to bring those concepts to the forefront so that we can see them amidst the noise of all this stuff. I think it's incredibly important the work that you do and why I encourage people to get a coach to help us focus and be the very best that we can be. To, to that and adding on to that is we don't need coaches. 
well, we don't we don't want coaches because a lot of people see that as being a failure. I only realised when I started coaching that I needed other coaches. So I, 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 even as a coach, I have coaches that help me. Sure. But we can go. We can look at. We don't. We don't have to have a coach. We don't need a coach. What actually? Because everything you need to know about how to have a better life is on online. However, for me, and when I'm working with my clients, it's holding them accountable so that they don't go off on a tangent on the wrong route because a lot of the stuff that's out there, there's a lot of noise, there's repetition. Yeah. And trying to find, as I've said, I'm not the best coach for everyone because I do hold people accountable. I, I do give them a kick up the bum when they're, when, they're, when they're lacking, saying, look, one more rep, one more rep. Okay, you've done one more, you can do another. But you, I think you're right. The problem being is that with people now and what's happened with schools and, and, and everything and, and, and work, when people reach out for a coach, they sometimes feel that they're failing because they can't do it themselves. Well, well guess what? None of us can. I don't. Look, let's look at um, Steve Jobs. He had coaches. Richard Branson had coaches. Um, Bill Gates has coaches. As they've all got coaches still. Mark Zuckerberg, Warren. So for me, Warren Beatty, not Warren Beatty. He was the actor. Okay. Warren Buffett. <laughs> There's a big difference between the two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but but he 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 was coached and mentored by Benjamin Graham. And a lot of people don't understand that. You've got all Audrey Hepburn, I think, or Elizabeth Taylor and Audrey Hepburn. I think there was a connection there. The thing is, people have been coached since time memorial. Yeah. Because yeah. in the old days, the coaches were parents, people who'd done it, people who'd gone and done what you want to do. And this is what I say to people. If you're going to get a coach, try and find one who's, who's done or doing what you want. So if you if you want one to start a business, go and find one who's had a business. If you want to find one who um, has flown to the moon, go and find a coach that's, that's flown to the moon. If you want one who's done a triathlon, go go and find someone who's done a triathlon. Right. There's no shame in having a coach, and in fact, if there was. All your NFL stars and your basketball stars in America, all the the British. Well, we 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 got gold in the Olympics. Whoa, one gold, one won by women and brooms. That must tell you something. However, <laughs> however, they have coaches because they know they want to be the best they can. And for me, that's what coaching is about. It's not being. Um, it's not being a failure if you have a coach because the best people in the world have coaches. And that's the thing that's always missed out. They see people high up in their successful careers or in their sports careers or their business careers or whatever they're doing. They don't see the people that are coaching them to get them there and to keep them there. And for me, that's quite important. But I hope I've not bored you too much. No, 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 no. This is awesome. We could... 
we could probably do it for hours. It's really, um, it's just good stuff. Lee, how do people find you? How do they connect with you? So I'm on LinkedIn, and that's how we, we met. Um, I've got a website, which is leebroders.com. That's B-R-O-D-E-R-S. I get called a lot, an answer to most anyway. Um, I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm looking at starting a Facebook group for, for veterans um, who want more in life because I think that as a veteran, there's so many, we've got so many skills and qualities that people don't realise and that we don't realise we have. Yeah. Even when and so what I do is I help people who are transitioning and who have left the military, not solely, but I found that there are a lot of veterans coming to me about this sort of thing. But look for me on LinkedIn, on Facebook, um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on, I'm on all social media channels because one of the things that you said is putting yourself out there. If you don't put yourself out there, people don't know you're there. And believe me, recording a video is the hardest thing you can do when you've never done it before. But if you don't keep doing it, you don't get anywhere. So on my social media, I think I'm on, I'm on about 50 videos on, on helping people uh, on, on YouTube. And, and the reason being is, as I said, the more you give, the more you get. But I've still got my first 50 outtakes for a 30-second introduction that I had to do. 50, 50 outtakes. Oh, my God. But if you don't put yourself out there, you'll never know. So hopefully, I'll, I'll look forward to meeting with other people. John, thank you so much for your time today. It's been absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And Can't I must admit, one of the plugs I will do is if no one has not read John's book yet, read it. It is very worth it. I read it quite quickly. Um, and actually, it resonates with me a lot of the stuff I think um, and my thoughts. But it's certainly... a will it help anyone who's got questions about what they want to do and how to get there? Thank you, sir. I appreciate that very much, very much. Well, I am uh, super honored to know you, to have you on here. And um, I'm sure we will have um, great conversations moving forward, my friend. I'm sure we will. Thank you so much for your time and uh, have a good rest of your day. You too, bud. Take care. Bye.